Well, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing this morning? Come on, we're going to let the kids be released right now. Come on, give it up for the OSC children. Come on, and all the workers that go back there and minister to all our children. Come on, give it up for the kids. They're the future. You know, this morning, I'm so excited to be with you this morning. I'm actually, I'm excited for two reasons. Number one, I get the privilege of being able to share the good news of Jesus and what he can do, not only in your life and people that you're praying for, but also I'm getting another one of my sons married today, so I'm really excited. That means that the biblical cord is being cut financially. Hallelujah. And so... Hey, when you have a father of six children and I have adopted children as well, let me just tell you something. You are excited when they leave. So, And all the people that have older children, they can say, all right, all right, just trying to help you out. You know, I, you know this week, I've just been doing a lot of thinking, a lot of studying. I'm excited about the series we're going to kick off this morning. If you're looking for a name, it's just called Legacy. And what I want to talk about is living beyond myself. And, you know, one of the things that I think, how many of you feel a lot younger than your real age sometimes? I mean, you know, there's sometimes, you, you know, you feel like you're young, like my, my, Zach is my oldest son, and then Luke is my youngest son. And it's a lot different when I go through football with him. I used to run pass routes and all that. I just sit mobile now. And I don't, I'm not mobile. I just stay stationary. I'm a pocket dad. I stay in the pocket and throw the football. And how many of you watched the LSU game last night and the Saints lose this, this last week and last week? And so let's not think about that this morning. But uh, if you need notes or anything like that, the ushers are saying, Pastor, everybody needs notes. If you don't have notes this morning, you're going to need them. So just raise your hand and we'll make sure you get some notes. There you go. And uh, uh, so this morning, if, you know, how many of you feel older than your age sometimes? You know, I, 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 so maybe I need to just t- change the topic on all that. But, uh, you know, this morning I was just thinking, you know, you start thinking. I've been thinking recently just about what the next 15 or 20 years of my life is going to be like. And I know for, for almost two and a half years, I was just hoping I'd had another year. But God has healed my body. And I believe that God has greater things in store, not only for me, but for you as individuals. Amen. Amen. And we're believing that for little Joel. And, uh, you know, what I want, what I, and I start thinking, what do I want for the next generation? And, you know, it's like you want to pass the baton well to the next generation. I think that a lot of churches, when they, when they do something, what they do is they don't build, they don't build uh, by revelation, they don't build, you know, the way a church should be built is by revelation, by relationships, and you know what? And by generations. That we learn to pass the baton instead of having a church split because some people don't like the color of the carpet and the new people want to change that, that, that old pink, funky-looking color to some earth tone and people are going to have a heart attack. You know what I'm saying? And so you don't have to worry about that. You don't vote on me and I won't vote on you. Is that all right here? Okay, so, you know, I, I, want to, I want to give something to the next generation. I was talking to a dear friend of mine, how he's talking about how the vision God's given him. It's beyond himself. It's for the next generation. And I look at this. This church is not about me. It's about you and I trusting that God will raise up people for the next generation after us. And see, I believe that, you know, in our time together as a church, God's called us to have a purpose, have a reason why we're here and what we're doing. You know, I want the next generation to be blessed and see them walk into what God has for them. How about you? And so we're going to hand this church off to the next generation. And you know what? What's it going to look like? I've known people that, that they had an incredible church. I mean, just missions all over the world and stuff. And they went to pass the baton to the next generation. They got in debt. They lost the ministry. The whole vision got blown away because just people didn't get it. And if you look in the Bible, it talks about generations and how we pass things down, you know, from Abraham, Isaac, and and Jacob, and you see how they each had to find God for themselves. They couldn't live off of the blessings of their, their forefathers, but they had to have a revelation of God's mighty love for themselves. And so this morning, if you would look with me, in Psalms 112, verse 6, it says, A righteous man will be remembered forever. And I want you to stop right there. See, a righteous man is not something, somebody that's perfect or holy. 
It's a man or a woman headed in the right direction who serves the right God who made all the wrong in your, right, in your life right. Amen? You know, I had an old guy, a French guy. He was, I was helping him with his, David and I were helping him with his tire. And he looks at me, he go, he to, and his wife goes, you the priest? I go, yeah, I'm the priest. And you don't have time to explain that in our culture. And then the, the guy looks at me, he goes, oh, you the holy man, huh? And I go, I got holy underwear just like any other man I know. And so for every one of us, you know, it's not so much, see, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. What does that mean? Because Jesus has come to our, in our hearts and he's putting us in the right direction. Aren't you glad about that? When you invite Jesus in your life, he, all of a sudden, all those bad decisions, all those bad girlfriends, boyfriends, all that, all of a sudden you begin to make the right decisions and you go, God, you can lead me, you can guide me, you can direct me. Amen. Man, I'm preaching better than y'all even shouting or amen to me yet. I'm not even getting started. I'm just telling you, I'm excited because I believe this is one of the most exciting messages for our church. And I believe not only is it one of the most exciting messages, but I believe it is the message that, that, that helps us to see where God calls us to walk in the future. How many of you have a future for your children? That you want your children to be more blessed than you ever were. And see, as a church, I want to leave the next generation that follows us to be more blessed. I don't want them to go talk about, well, you know, back in the old days when Brother So-and-so was doing that, and, and, you know, he was playing the saw, and he was playing this. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about where, man, I remember when so-and-so, they inspired me so I could believe God for more, and we can do more than they ever could because we have a mighty God, and they set the path, and they set the way so we could see clearly. You see, the goal of righteous living is to live in such a way that the next generation talks about with inspiration what they saw, how they grew up, and from our, from our own lives. See, it's the goal of every mom and dad in this room. It's the goal of every teacher. It's the goal of every coach. You know, that as you touch someone's life, they remember you and what you said and what you did forever. Luke, you know, he's 10. He plays from t- football this year with 10 and 13-year-olds. And he's one of the youngest guys. And he was small, smaller than some of them, but he, he played defensive end. And, and, and the coach, at the end of the year, he says, son, you played big for your size. And can I tell you something? When a coach would tell me something like that, I remember it for a lifetime. I remember when I was five years old, I went, to, I went to St. Pat's to go get my tonsils taken out. And my grandpa was there. And, he, he, and I had to go get, you know, that's when they, they, they had to take blood. And it was my first experience getting blood drawn out of me, all right? And I remember going over and my, my pawpaw Melton took me. And, I, 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 and they're, they're doing the blood. And I'm like, they hit me up, you know, five years old. That's not fun, you know? And I'm like, hmm. And I didn't cry. I'll never forget. After I was like, he looked at me. He goes, that's my little man. <laughs> that's right. I'm a, I was a little man, all right? But I, don't, I didn't forget that, you know? And it's like, we're not talking about fame. I'm not talking about notoriety. But we're, t- we're talking about living for the honor and the glory of God. Because that's what it should be about. Amen? And see, Ephesians says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. God has called every one of us. You are called. Look at your name and say, you're called. Look at the one that you don't think is called. Say, you too. Okay? You're called. You have, you have a call of God on your life. I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm urging you to readjust your life. Listen to me. To readjust your life in such a way that you live worthy of the call of God for your life. So what does that mean? That means some things, you know what? Look, if I'm going to serve God with a whole heart, how many of you want all of God? All right, let's do a test. How many of you want all of God? How many of you know you're not going to raise your hand no matter what I ask? Okay? If you want all of God, let me tell you what you got to do. You got to be willing to give all of yourself. That means, it doesn't mean you're a pastor. It doesn't mean you're a preacher. It means if you're a nurse, be the best nurse for Jesus you can be. If you're a student, be the best student that you can be. If you're a worker on the oil platform, be the best worker that loves God and loves people. And when everybody's cussing and looking at dirty pictures, you're going, I'm serving the God of this book. I tell you, I'm going to preach this morning. I promise you. I'm just, I'm wound up. I brought my jacket out this morning. You know me. Okay. And so, 
this morning, I better shut up because we get cocky or something about the anointing to lead. But this legacy series will inspire you, and I want you to be faith-filled when we finish with this series. And what do you mean, Pastor? This is going to be a defining moment kind of series for our church. A defining moment. Say a defining moment. Remember that day when you graduated high school and you said, yes, no one's going to tell me what to do. Then you got a job. Okay. At the heart of every human motivation, there's a subject that I want to talk about. And it's going to be a defining moment. And, you know, it's like when you when you do it. It's an answer to all the questions of life. Many people have questions. You came in here this morning. You had questions. Maybe you're a visitor and you go, what are y'all all about? What is this church all about? What is this? What, why are y'all happy? I mean, you know, I didn't see any red Kool-Aid out there. What's going on? Why you got that, 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 that kind of that smirk that kind of people just like, what, what is that all about? You know what? When Jesus comes into your life, when you, listen, I did my best and I know where I ended. I was messed up. And when I gave my life to Jesus, he changed me from the inside out. And it's a lot of people are trying to, try and, trying to change on the outside. Then they'll think you, it's got to be, it's got to start right here. And see, some of you intellectually might know a lot of facts. It doesn't matter. God don't care about the facts, Jack. God's more concerned about your heart and if it's beating for him. My prayer is that God give you a Jesus pacemaker and your heart beat, beat after his heartbeat. And you'll never be the same because you'll see people around you. You'll see the loss. You'll see your family like you never saw them before. And you'll get a burden. A burden is something that, that's just on you. And you go, man, I'm believing for God to do something in their life. I had a grandmother that had a burden that prayed for me. She prayed me right into the kingdom of God. And she didn't pray I'd become a Christian. She prayed I would be a preacher. I blame her. Because God hears your prayers and he answers them. She's a cloud when you heard that, Nene? Anyway, in 1943, there was a psychiatrist. If you, go to, if you have any kind of psychology in college, there, there's, a, there's a guy named uh, Abraham Maslow that many of you heard if you've gone to any psychology classes. And he had a theory what motivates humans. And he said this. He said, this is why, they, this is why humans do what they do and how, why they act like they act. And this is why we act the way we do. And, we be, and he began to talk about it. It started out with five basic needs, but there's going to be more than that this morning. But over the past 50 years, these needs have developed. The first need that every human being has, here there's eight, that, eight needs that motivates. The first need are physical needs. We, need, we all need air. Amen? We all need food. And some of us said, amen for that. And some of you are thinking about that right now. And so we all need water. We all need shelter. We all want warmth and basic needs being met. And see, I, I mean, aren't you glad that your heart doesn't have to, your brain doesn't have to remind your heart to beat? God just set a mechanism where just, you don't even think about it. You don't even, when's the last time you thank God just for the air you breathe? For the water you can drink in our country. You know, in America, 85% of people have all these needs met. The second thing is safety needs. Everyone needs protection from the elements, security and limits. That's why there's locks on doors. I hate locks on doors. My wife, she, I'll just be honest with you, I'm the kind of guy, she locks the doors. Okay? Because I'm the kind of guy, don't get any ideas either. Okay? I don't got, because I do, my, one of my best friends is his name, Smith and Wesson. And Brownie's on the next side of him. And then Benelli, he's really, I have a friend, I have an Italian cousin called Benelli. So if you want to come to my house, you be prepared. But anyway. For the rest of you, you don't know what that means. It's gun names, all right? <laughs> okay. But see, the most important thing for all of us is that we want to we feel safe. That's why you lock the doors. That's why you stay at the same job you hate for so long sometimes. Because you want security. You want safety. You want to feel successful. You know, 75% of Americans have these needs met. The third one is love needs or belonging needs. We, need, we have a need to be loved and belong to something. Come on. That's why people, that's why many times we join clubs, we join fraternities, sororities, we join uh, churches, we join small groups, we join civic things that, that, that do something to make a difference. That's why Facebook and Twitter are so popular. And they say that 50% of all the needs of people in America have that. Then the fourth need is esteem needs. Every one of us has a need to be recognized, to achieve something and to be complimented about it. 
You know what I mean? We all want to be, how many of you want to achieve something? How many of you got a goal in life? Okay, let me, let me start over. My name's Pastor Bubba. I might not know you, but I may call you out and ask you what your goal is if you don't raise your hand. Okay, how many of you have goals? All right, there you go. All right. I just want 100%, 100% participation. I feel, you know, look, you wouldn't want to be up here. Don't help my insecurities, okay? You care about what people think. You care about yourself. You care about what others think. The people that matter don't judge. And the people that judge really don't matter. Can I say that again? The people that matter don't judge. And the people that judge really just don't matter. Some of us are having to get over some of the things that people said or did about us. You know, and, 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 and they just messed us up. By some of the things they said or way they didn't say things or way we didn't get affection or way the way they did show affection or they, they showed they just didn't show you any affection. Some, some of us are just reaping from some of those things even years now. Those are the four basic, you know, like it's kind of like this morning. Every one of you before you came here this morning looked in the mirror. And not all the women, you know what they begin to do when they look in the mirror? They looked at all their faults. Oh. How do I get, oh, oh. I need this. I need a tummy tuck. I need a booty boob. I don't know. I mean, whatever. You know what I mean? When a man looks in the mirror, it don't matter what he looks like. He goes, mm-hmm, got it going on, baby. There's between a man and a woman looking in the mirror. It don't matter. I might have shifted, but it shifted good. It tastes good. That's all I got to say. What used to be up here is down here. Anyway. Too many people are stuck on the first four, and we want God to meet those needs. So the only way you can have these needs met, these next four that I'm going to talk about, is by God himself. The fifth need is just learning needs or understanding, learning needs. We always like to learn. We want to know how things work. That's why we watch Discovery Channel, because we want to know how things work. That's why we watch Duck Dynasty. (laughs) We want to know how things work. Okay, I'm going to leave it there, okay? The sixth thing is artistic needs. We have an appreciation for beauty and nature. My little girl, she loves colors and paints and trees and things, and she makes pictures, and she knows her mom's favorite color. She asked me her favorite, my favorite color, and she'll make pictures with our colors and all those things, and that's why we decorate our homes. That's why we cut our lawns. That's why we, you know, we plant things, and we put pictures in our house because we just try to make it look good. We have that artistic, we want to beautify things, and let me just say, you, you get beauty. Let me, getting beauty in your life comes from God. comes from God. The other need is purpose needs. We want to know why we're here. What's the reason of my existence? You're discovering why you were made. You discover why, what brings fulfillment in your life. It's why we love sports teams, some of them, until they lose. Anyway, that's why we want to win. It's sad news. Only the Bible, not the Bible, but there's the, the study says only 2% of people in America have this need being met. 2%. I would agree with Maslow that only 2% of people have their needs met when they leave God out. But can I tell you something about God? He has the book of life. This is the book of life. It's the bread of life. David said, if you taste it, it's better than a honeycomb. When's the last time you sucked on some good old honey? And you ever get honey on you? It's kind of like when you get up in the word of God and you allow the word to stick to you, it's kind of like you get messy. Come on. When my kids, my wife make French toast or biscuits and stuff, they get that syrup or that honey on there. I mean, it's, it's all over. And you try to go, it's sticky. And that's what the word of God is. It's like it sticks. Last night I was just, I was just having, I was having dreams last night. Crazy dreams. Good crazy dreams. I was dreaming about buildings and scripture and God gave me scripture when I woke up this morning don't worry about what the future has for you you just pray and believe me and guess what you leave all the worries to me because see most of us live by fear what's going to happen today and the Bible says don't worry about tomorrow either but you trust in God and by everything you pray 
And see, some of you want wisdom. You know where you get wisdom? When you lock yourself away with God and say, God, I don't have what I need. I need wisdom. I need answers. Listen, when I first came to know the Lord, I stayed in Proverbs. Because someone told me, you know, there's a proverb a day for everyone. And, you know, I was pretty stupid. I'd put a lot of stupid things in my body. I'd smoked a lot of things. And let me tell you, I killed some brain cells. And what brain cells I had left, I needed help. And I just began to, and, and I said, man, a proverb a day will help me get wise. And I began to read the scripture and to fall in love with the scripture and it began to make sense. And if some of the scripture, if you're reading a Bible version, you know, that doesn't make sense. God doesn't pray. I've been to some churches and you think that, that when they pray, thou visum this is, thou vestitism for this one. And you go, how does God understand that? Get a Bible Get a, an NLT, get a New American Standard, get the message, get something, an English, you know, just get something that's going to make sense and speak into your heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying? To where all of a sudden the Bible, the Word of God becomes alive, it jumps off the page and it sticks to you. He said, Maslow said this, he said, it's point, point one percent, point one percent of college students don't have this basic need of purpose being met. That's sad, but I'd say to you, you're in the right place this morning. If you don't know your purpose, you don't know where you're going, you don't know who you are, let me tell you something. We have the God that made you and knows you better than yourself. Because when he made you, it's like he put a mold. Remember those, Mattel used to have these things you can make molds and you get that little heating thing. I'm going generationally different, okay? Anybody below 35 might not know what I'm talking about. Anybody 35, y'all know what I'm talking about? And creepy crawlers and all that, and you make Tarzan, and you put a little, well, you could do, you had this, it was called goo, and you would put it in the mold, and you would pour that goo in the mold, and it had this little hot plate, and you'd put it in there, and, and, and it would cook that thing. And if you wanted to make a little figurine like a Tarzan or Superman or something, you could make your own wires, and you put your own wires so you could move them, and they do, you know, you know what I'm saying? Stand up. You know, and, and it's like, I remember, and it's like when God looked, made us, it was like getting that goo of his creation. He goes, you know what? I'm going to put a little bit of this. I'm going to put a little bit of that. And guess what? When I'm done, I'm throwing the mold away because I made a masterpiece. There's not another one like that. Have you ever made something or created something with your own hands and you walk away and you look at it? Come on, be honest with me. And you admire it. You go, hmm. I'm all that in a bag of bricks. My wife's been on me for a long time. I don't want to confess. I know it was a long time to put these numbers up on her house for our address so the UPS man can find us. And it's, she got these, this real complicated one. It's not the kind you just pull the little thing and you stick the thing on there. And you go, I can handle that. You know, but she, this one you got to drill with a, a one-eighth drill. Then you got to follow a one-fourth, and you got to tap it right. Then you got to put silicone in it, and then it protrudes. It doesn't just sit flat. It kind of sits. They're neat. And I'm like, baby. And I, I said, man, I'm going to get Tony or somebody to come do that for me. <laughs> I'm not going out there. You know, I'm, I'm going to call. Where's Tony? I'm going to get Tony to come. You know, and, and it's like, then she was like, Matt, my son, he's in from Nashville. because baby. He has a bow tie that he was supposed, was it bow tie or suspender? One of them, suspenders, bow tie. He, we don't have numbers. The UPS man is not, it's for the wedding. So yesterday, no, yeah, was it? Yeah, yeah. I had the joy of the Lord. That is my strength. I got out there. It was Friday night. Did it all, you know, put it up, put the silicone, put the tape. You know what? When I took it off this morning, I went outside, got my coffee. <laughs> Take that, Tony Sonye. <laughs> and my wife goes, baby, when you put your mind to it, you're good at stuff. There's just some things I don't want to put my mind to. <laughs> See, that's what our next step class is all about. At our church, when people come through Next Step, we, we, you, you discover, we help you to kind of discover 
you know, who you are, how God motivated you, how God made you, what your spiritual gifts are, where, where is it best that you can serve in our community, in our church, or in a, in a ministry, wherever it is, or just being a ministry of helps to other people. That's what it's about. In 1943, Maslow stopped at the seventh level. But the level that I want to talk about is really the one that they really began to figure out these last few years, and it's called the transcendence need. How do you know that's a $10 word? Don't worry about my wife. She's going to my son's wedding, all right? She's going to get stuff ready. Bye, baby. I love you. Uh, she, it's not a bad She's going, I'm stepping out. I'm tired of here. No. And, uh, some, that's what some of y'all got to say it. So, you know. Transcend. In, in, when you look at trans, it's the ultimate level. It's the ultimate level. Transcendent means an exceed. Here's what Webster said. An exceeding unusual limit. Surpassing. Extending or lying beyond the limits of the ordinary experience, beyond comprehension. Come on, get ready to shout, even if you're Baptist here this morning. Get ready to shout. Okay? The ultimate fulfillment is when you're looking beyond yourself and you have compassion and you have mercy for others and helping others. That's what it means, that you look beyond the tip of your nose and you go, hey, I'm extending my life. I'm extending the gifts and the abilities that God has given me, and I want to make a difference in somebody else. When I got saved, listen, I was a selfish, me first, Toby Keith, you know, Number one, you know, whatever. All that. I'm not saying he is, but his song was. And it's all about me. And when, when Jesus flooded my heart, he changed me. I lived and served in inner cities across America for eight years. I lived in mission homes. I lived in Salvation Army things. I come, let, let me just say, I come from people that are multimillionaires. Okay, I'm just, just, just the way I, I mean, it's not my fault. And if you need money, I ain't got their money. But I got a God that owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And can I tell you something, I'm the richest man. I feel like I'm one of the richest men in here. Because I don't, I live, let me just, I'm just, I'm blessed to have the blessings of God. I like what T.D. Jake says, the favor of God just ain't fair. It's just not fair. And it's the favor of God. And money can't buy that. Even in the scriptures, one guy saw the apostles, he saw the power, and he wanted to give them money. He said, man, let your silver and gold rot, man. You can't buy what we got. You see, I believe this, is that the ultimate fulfillment is when you're looking beyond yourself. The goal is to live a life beyond. And can I just make a confession to you this morning? I'm going to feel good about this one in just a minute. If you're looking for a calm church, and we just melancholy, head like a melon and face like a collie, and you're just going to like, we're going to sing, you're in the wrong church. That's not what we're about. If you want to make a difference, you want to be remembered forever, you want to change lives, you want to plant churches all over southwest Louisiana, then you found the right church. I have a sign that my son and I are designing, and I'm going to put it in my office. And all it's going to say is, finish. Because God's put a lot in me. And guess what? Can I tell you something? I'm not going to do all that in a lifetime. But I believe this, that God gives you anything that's bigger than yourself. It's got to be God. If we can say we can do it, it might not be God. Hello? See, I just freaked out some of you. What's going on here? Let me, let me just say this. You know, Proverbs says this. Listen. I love, Proverbs 9, 6 in the message. I love the way it says. It says, leave your impoverished or miserable, confused life and live. It says, walk up the street to life with meaning. Don't be walking like this. When I used to do inner city work, there's a thing they called either single cupping or double cupping. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
When you walk in the street, man, if a dude's double cupping, he got it going on. He got something. He's had some goods. I mean, when I lived in New York, and you don't stop and go, hey, what you got? And they start, man, man I got Coke. You don't stop. You, you got to buy, all right? They'll beat you up. But you know what? When you have Jesus, come on. It's not a pride thing. It's not anything. You can double cup in the spirit. Because it don't matter where you go, no matter who you meet, guess what God's going to do? He's going to help you with the words you have to say. He's going to give you wisdom because guess what? You've been hanging out with him, and God will give you wisdom beyond yourself. And people will be amazed and go, where did you get that? And you go, my father. Who's your daddy? Tell a banker that. Hey, how are we gonna, you know, how are you going to, preacher, how are y'all going to do that? My father. Who's your daddy? So we can, can he co-sign? Oh, he can co-sign anything. <laughs> well, you my bankers going, come on, come on. They're getting out the pins, you know. Come on, we'll get the blue pin because we don't want to show no black. We don't want to show blue. And you go, who's your daddy? God. Oh, are you kidding me? It's kind of like that kid, his name is uh, David Como. I used to get him drugs all the time. I'd been saved about two weeks, walked into the restaurant. He goes, Pablo, you got some? I go, man, I got something better than that. He goes, dude. What you got? You got some? I go, better than that. He goes, dude. What do you got? I remember I go, Jesus. He went, oh, dude, come on. some goods i'm selling something this morning that'll give you better than a rush than you've ever had in your life god can take a dope head and make him a hope head come on who are you giving hope or are you sh- playing with dope anyway i'll go down that way people are looking for people that got joy god people that have peace in the middle of their storm you watch Josh and Lindsay walk through what they walk through with little Joe. You watch me walk through cancer. God's giving you a peace. And guess what? He has to use people that are elevated sometimes. And you go, if God can do it for them, my God, he can do it for you. It's the truth. Let me ask you something. How many of you glad you're not where you used to be? How many of you glad? How many of you saying, I ain't going back to where I was? I've had people come here and they look at me and go, Well, what do you believe? You believe in the fivefold ministry? What the heck are you talking about? They want to know what you believe. Like, I just say, You know what I believe? I've had an experience with Jesus. And what I used to be, I ain't no more. Take that. Do you do this? Do you do? They want to know what I do and what I don't do. Listen, I serve a God that's mighty, that's able to do whatever. He can deliver from what the guttermost to the uttermost. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't even gotten to the message. I'm having fun. I just want to let me just I just want to frame this well. Number one, this is what we all need. We all need to love God passionately. You want, to make a, you want to be a difference maker, a legacy maker? You can't do it by yourself. God is the only one that can help you do that. Paul was in Athens, and he was, he was looking around, and he sees all these shrines and these idols, and he sees this one thing, and it says, to the unknown God. And he begins to preach on Mars Hill in Athens. And, but I love the scripture. This is a few verses after this. And Paul used this argument to win the loss. He would tell people, this is why you don't have the answer to the meaning of life. And this is what he used to say in Acts chapter 17, verse 26. From one man, he made every nation of men. That they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the time set for them. The exact places where they should live. You know, God looked at me and says, you know what? Out of all the places I could live, he goes, I'm going to put you in South Louisiana. In fact, you're going to be born in Lake Charles. You're going to move to Lafayette, and you're going to pastor in Jennings. I don't know. Why? And he said, and guess what? You're going to be born in this certain time. 
by so-and-so and so-and-so. And look what he says. Come on. God did this. God had a reason for you and I to be where we are. Had a reason so that men would seek him. Listen, perhaps reach out for him. And I love this. And find him. Though he is not far from each of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. And I'll just say this. Only in him do we live and move and have our being. God had a reason for placing you here at this time out of all time. I'm so glad that God put me here right now that I'm living in 2013. You know why? Because I enjoy air conditioning. I enjoy the comforts of life. I hear about the old wagons and people in that. I remember we, when I was a kid, I tell my kids, we didn't even have air conditioner in South Louisiana. We didn't even have air conditioners in school. We used to have those, what the, those uh, exhaust, what those fans? Yeah, yeah, but there's a name for it. It was a humidity fan. Attic, you know, okay, Miss Jean, correct me. Attic fan. And you'd hear that at night. Thank God I don't have that. Thank God for Benelli shotguns. I don't have to have a little, you know, a little stick and everything out. I can get a three and a half and shoot a goose three times. In conservation season, I got five shells. You're dead. Thank God for lacrosse boots. I don't have to walk through the marsh or come on the rice field. Come on. Anybody with me? Ladies, aren't you glad you ain't got to go chase them chickens for eggs? Aren't you glad you ain't sewing some dresses and pants and everything else? All you do is complain that, well, they could be a little cheaper. Come on. We got it easy. You can go walk in. You get all kinds of technology. I mean, if you're stupid, you can act like you're smart. Well, you know, really, did you know? It's kind of like those guy Coke commercials. Did you know that old McDonald was a badge feller? You know what I mean? Then I love that. Anyway. I just say this. Some of you are just a prayer away from God getting involved in your life. You're just a prayer away from God getting involved in your life. God just wants you to be in. He just wants you to invite him. Not just into your heart, but in your daily lifestyle and what you do. And that's why I said earlier, I just, you know, if anything you can do, rearrange, readjust things in your life so you can be pleasing to God. I'm not here to tell you what's right and what's wrong. You know what I'm, come on. I've been around preachers that knew three-fourths of the Bible by memory. I used to go preach with a guy that preached to the hell of his angels and got beat up and he was blind and he still knew the Bible. Holy, his name was Holy Hubert. My God, my God in heaven. He'd preach at open air. I mean, he would have one-liners that just get, you know, he'd go, you whoremongers. College camp, what's a whoremonger? I used to say, what's that? Girl, he couldn't even see. You look like you got a mouth strapped down your back. You're so loose. <laughs> oh, I got some better ones than that. <laughs> it's kind of like when you were a kid, you used to play mama. Your mama. Your mama's so ugly. You remember those? Mama, your mama's so big. She got to iron her pants on the driveway. That's ironing board. Your mama's so big. That's nothing compared to what we used to do. Anyway, just. I offended some people. Okay. Let's get back to the word of God. Colossians says, for everything, absolutely everything above and below, visible and visible, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. Wow. That's what next step is all about. What we do in our church to help you to find your purpose. Have a call, you have a call of God in your life to make a difference. And you know what? It brings meaning. Then, then the problems, because they're so small, don't, aren't there anymore. But if your problems are so big that you can't find your purpose, you don't see then, see past your past, that's where you need to find God. 
in God with your purpose for your life. See, if your problems are so big, it becomes a distraction to finding out who God is and your purpose in your life. Does that make sense? And see, that's why the Bible says the blind lead the blind. Look, and the blind fall into the pit. That's what the Bible says. They just, oh, because they're just living their life. They're not, the Bible says that, that we, we, ha, we are like a light in the darkness. How many of you ever been in the dark? How many of you have ever just been in the dark and you couldn't see where you were going? Come on. How many of you ever ran into your door in the middle of the night? Stepped on the cat. Makes me have fun when I step on my cat at night. Anyway, just sorry, Dana. But anyway. But Ephesians says it like this. See, I mean, it's like God created us and designed us to be a certain way, to live a certain way. My Toyota truck is not meant to drive over a levee and fly. Because if I try that, I may just die. Come on. Your design, you don't put sugar in your gasoline tank. You don't put a potato in the back of the muffler. It's fun to watch when you're a kid what it'll do. But anyway, don't get any ideas, kid. And that kill you, too. Anyway. You're, there's certain things. See, Ephesians says, for we are God's workmanship. I looked up that word workmanship, and you know what, it's, what it really means in the Greek? You're God's poem. And you live the purposes of God, you become God's poetry. I was like, whoa, that's incredible. You see, you are God's word. We created in Christ to do good works, which prepared in advance for us to do. If you'd realize where some of you were and where you are, you would say, wow, God, just make me poetry for you. Creating me a clean heart, God. Am I sin against you like David cried out? Psalm says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, where the light is in the law of the Lord. And in his law will he meditate day and night. And he'll be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of living water, and its leaf will not wither. That's the word of God. How many want to be planted? See, the sad thing with America, we, people come here and they, they have a little, they're, they're, their life is like a little tree. And you got it in your pot. And you're wondering why you don't grow because you never get planted. Because if you never get planted, well, I, I don't like the way he said, I'm pulling my little tree, I'm going somewhere else. It's true. I've had people come, you, go, you entertain me. I'm not here to entertain you. If you got offended, maybe God was trying to get to you. Maybe you didn't like our music. Man, I used to listen to a lot louder music than we play. Come on. How many old ladies, oh, you young people, y'all like to drink that dope and smoke that beer. That's what y'all do. <laughs> I mixed it up because she did, all right? See, the Bible says those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. You got to get rooted to get fruited. See, there's a lot of Christians that have stunted growth. God didn't call you to be a miniature palm tree. God's called you to be a mighty palm tree. And if you know anything about palm trees, they, they can be in the desert. And man, they, they, root, they tap down so deep that you can have 60, 70 mile, 80 mile an hour Sahara winds blow and those things. And that's how we are. We're supposed to be like palm tree Christians. You know what I'm saying? When the wind's blowing, you're like, you know. And then when it, the, the, the storm's over, there, I'm, I'm coming. My storm. I don't move like I used to. When the storm's over, you stand up. God's called us to be like palm trees, no matter what, because you're tapped at the source. And no matter what comes your way, God is there with you. God has a call on your life. You are created by God to make a difference. You grab hold of that, and it'll change your life forever. If you love to have, if all you have in your life are problems, 
you're just a life of misery. You're just miserable. If you just look at your problems and you can't see God, you're miserable. Let me tell you something. That's what the gospel is all about. Doesn't matter what you walk through. Doesn't matter what you go through. You don't have to open up the medicine cabinet and go, well, I need 10 of those, but boy, I'm depressed. You pop a little bit of Holy Ghost prayer time. You call out to God and tell him what you need. God, I'm sad. I need you. I'm going through this. I can't make it unless you show up and you let God breathe on you. My gosh, you'll make a difference in this world. Thanks for all those amens. But if, if all you, you know, once, once you live, once you love God passionately, then you can, let me just say this. Number two, serve others, at, others selflessly. What does that mean, Pastor? As a pastor, I'm commanding you to, I'm commanding you to be good. Can you be good? Y'all hesitate. This is not the book of hesitations. Can you be good? Pastor Timothy told that to the church. He said, Pastor Timothy spoke to them and he said, command them to be good. I'm doing that, Timothy. Command them to be good, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. It's not about you. Our, our, our Savior's church, I command you to be good and to be rich in good deeds. Can you receive that? Correction is this. You can take it one or two ways. When you're corrected, you can either take it as rejection or you give it or it becomes direction for your life. And see, a lot of you, when you were corrected, and you're, the reason you have a problem with authority is because you took correction as rejection instead of direction for your life. Psalms one uh, 112.9 says, They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. It does something to you. I'm not talking about just being nice to people. Not every good deed counts. Only the deeds that are shared with Jesus count. What do you mean? You can feed a belly and you don't share the gospel and that full belly will go straight to hell. Hello? You always got to connect God to the good deed with the good news. Social justice without spiritual justice isn't justice. And so spiritual, uh, spiritual justice without social justice is just not justice. When we, and we command both. We command that. That's what we do when we do outreaches in our city. Pastor Josh didn't have a race. It, and Lindsay didn't have a race. It was about them being able to share the strength and the power that God gave them to walk through this. John says, do not work for food that spoils, but work for food that endures to eternal life. This is my last one. I'm going to show you a video about some of the future vision that we have. And I'm going to read this scripture. And I'm going to show it. If you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and the sake of the good news, you will find true life. For 13 years, we've had one goal in mind, reaching people and building lives. Through your sacrifice and generosity, we've been able to reach an entire region for Christ. With two campuses and over 400 people this past weekend, God is expanding our influence and reach in our communities. Just as committed as we are to reaching people and building lives, we're also fully committed to leaving behind a legacy worth the gospel. Believe it or not, but God has a purpose for each and every one of us. All of us have a call of God on our lives. And we're not just here to live our lives and watch others make a difference. So if we're going to leave a legacy to the next generation, what are we going to do now to make that happen? 
Here at the Jennings campus, our kids building is quickly reaching maximum capacity due to the rapid growth. In order to prepare for the future, we're planning to build a brand new kids building. To see the miraculous, your faith will have to allow you to believe in expectation. Nothing seems to happen in the kingdom of God until we expect it to happen. This project is so much more than a building. It's all about believing God for the miraculous and establishing the future. Pastor Jamie and Cheryl are doing an incredible job at leading a growing, life-giving campus in Eunice. Our Eunice campus just recently remodeled a building in order to contain the growth they are experiencing in their kids' department. Right now, we are trusting God to purchase property and expand the parking lot in order to prepare for the growth that is taking place. For five years now, we have been known as one church with two campuses. Soon we will be known as one church with three campuses. That's correct, three locations. Next year, we will begin the process of planning a church in Crowley. This is another opportunity to not only reach a city, but an entire region. We want to leave a legacy to future generations that we are a church that will stop at nothing to advance the name of Jesus. And every building that we build and every life that we reach, it is an opportunity to leave a legacy that is much bigger than ourselves. Billy Graham once said, our days are numbered. One of the primary goals in our lives should be to prepare for our last day. The legacy we leave is not just in our possessions, but in the quality of our lives. What preparations should we be making right now? The greatest waste in all the earth, which cannot be recycled or reclaimed, is our waste of the time that God has given us each day. Many years ago, my grandmother had a vision, and she called me in the middle of the night, and she read the scripture. For you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you to go out and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain. And I think about that scripture so many times, that God, out of all the people, he chose me, just like he's chosen you, to fulfill something that's greater than ourselves. And I believe this, if we have an expectation, we will have a visitation from God. And you know what? Not only will we see it, but our community will see what God can only do. Come on. It's a big list. How many of you know it's a big list? How many of you ready to jump in the boat and go to the other side? Y'all look like disciples. You said get in the boat. I was in the boat with you last time, Lord. I don't know. We are. Let me just say this. I'm in the process of talking to builders and everything else, and we're going to expand this campus. We're going to build the, the greatest children's ministry in this whole region for kids. And it's going to take a lot of prayer. It's going to take a lot of sacrifice. But the Lord spoke to me this morning. So whatever you need, ask in prayer, Baba. And let peace, my peace, my peace, not my peace, his peace. And let me just tell you something. So that's a challenge to every one of us. What does that look like? That means we're going to reach more people. How many want to reach people? How many want to go to two services? How many would get problems where we just don't have enough room for anybody to come? Wouldn't that be great? I want to be something. I want to be a part of something that's exciting, that's vibrant, that's life-giving, that changes lives. Y'all don't seem excited. And in Eunice, you, you'd be so proud of Jamie and Cheryl and what they're doing. Uh, let me just say this. Man, I, I'm so proud. I mean, they've literally turned that church around, and people are coming, and God is doing things, and Sumri's leading worship there. And people are there. I mean, just new families. I go there, and he, when Jamie came and preached, he goes, I didn't know, know anybody. I hardly knew anybody at the, new, at the Jennings camp. When I, went to, when I go to Eunice, they go, hey, Pastor and Bubba. I don't know them. That's a great thing. And then you heard the next thing is, we're going to go to Crowley in a year. Can I just say something? Good. If you're around there, we're not going to just jump. We're going to plan. We're going to believe. We're going to try to raise up a core group of people. And if you're from the Crowley area, you know, you, we're going to have meetings and stuff. And we want you to get involved and kind of, because we, we're going to plant a church there that's going to be life-giving. 
Now, you don't know this. And, I mean, I had a prophecy, Pastor Jim, in it for Crowley. Let me just say that for years, Crowley has been on my heart. Literally, since we started, I, I, I literally, you know, and there's, I believe there's going to be other cities, but I just believe God's got something great in Crowley. And all the people, I know, y'all people, y'all pulled for Jennings High School and Crowley and, hey, this is God. This is a God kind of thing. Amen? Amen. And, and so the last point that I want to give you this morning, and we're going to talk about it. And in, in, in four weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to take up a miracle offering. What we're going to call it a legacy offering. We do it every year so we can, we can do some of these things. To be able to go in and start planning for the design of our new building. When I, I started getting sticker shock on some things, and I said, that's got to be God. Because we've got to do things. You know what's crazy? Look, look at me. What's crazy? There's stuff you've got to do to dirt and move stuff and drainage and stuff that you really don't even like. You know what I mean? You don't even really notice it. Come on. But some of those things, you've got to have it. You know, and when we build our, our big parking lot, let me just say this. I don't think you want to go and step out when it's a rain day and you walk in a foot of water because we didn't do the drainage right. Do you? Okay, thank you all. Okay, we'll let the rest of you get your hip boots out. And <laughs> I know we're south of you, but the third thing is this, is live life intentionally. Yes. Let me just say something. I know that I have less years than I had when I started this race. And the enemy tried to rob me of years. And so I want to live my life intentionally. This is ultimately what this series is about. Every week I'm going to tell you a little more about our vision at our Savior's church. I don't want, let, let me just say, I feel like I've been undervisioning us. And you're a part of a church that has a huge vision. And, and let me just say, I don't want to undervision you, and I don't want to tell you, uh, I want to tell you what we're doing. Uh, I want you to be a part of everything that we do. Is that okay? And just let you know. And see, I love, one of my favorite scriptures in Acts is in Acts chapter 13, verse 36. It says, for David had served God's purpose for his own generation, and he fell asleep. In other words, David did what God told him to do. Everything that God had put in his heart, he accomplished. He wanted to do more. He wanted to see the temple, but he knew he wouldn't see the temple. But so he made, he said, God, I won't see it because I'm a man of blood. But I'll give it, I'll, I'll get all the supplies, I'll have everything ready to build what needs to be built. And you know, I believe this, it's the story of our church. Back in 2000, we started the Holiday Inn, and we just were praying, God, give us our own inn. And, you know, I want, I want my kids and my grandkids to go, you know, I remember hearing those stories about Papa McCann. And when we did that, and, you know, and I remember when so-and-so was there and she prayed and God did this and God showed up. And I remember y'all used to do those Friday night lives and kids would come. And then when y'all heard about that race, and I heard about how y'all served the city, how you gave. And you weren't just trying to keep it to yourselves. You were trying to reach outside of the four walls. Let me just say this. If you want a church where you feel comfortable and you want to stay in the four walls, they have other churches that are, would suit you. I promise you. And they're good churches. But that's just not our vision. And that's not the call God has given us. God has called us to roll up our sleeves. And the way God spells ministry is called W-O-R-K, is work. Sometimes it's sweating. Sometimes it's just getting dirty. And loving people for who they are. You see, your basic needs can't be met only by God. But you got to learn to connect to God and to connect to others. You know, you have to surrender Him. You got to give Him complete control of your life. You see, I believe this your basic needs can't be met only by God. You have a need. And let me just say, every one of us has a need in our lives to be loved by people, to be loved by God. Amen? And I believe this, God has something greater for every one of us. That doesn't mean we go, our goal is not just to be a big church. Our, church, our goal is to love people in the kingdom. And I believe as you do the work of God's kingdom, can I tell you something? You're going to expand. You're going to grow. People are going to be attracted. It's kind of like a lure. Come on. 
If you, got a, if you have a good a spoon, you know, the fish with, they call them spoons, you know what I'm talking about? Them little shiny things or got the right worm or the right bait and you got the right smelly stuff. Or if you're a deer hunter and you like to make the right plot, if you're a duck hunter like me and goose hunter, you have the right, you know, the right setup. Come on, you know where the wind's blowing, all that, how they're going to fly, all those directions. You're prepared and the harvest will come. I'm just saying this, if you have a need, and first of all, if you need the Lord, I would love to pray with you. If there's needs in your life that you feel like they're just not being fulfilled, and you just need someone to pray with you, I'm going to ask some of my prayer warriors. I want some of you that, that really pray. I want you to come stand right here real quick. Come on, come stand behind me. Don't, don't hesitate. This is not the book of hesitations. Come on. Whatever thou doest, do it quickly. God doesn't matter. I mean, God doesn't matter. My Cajun, God don't matter him. Anyway, God's not concerned about just you walking through something. God's more concerned about you getting, dealing with what you're walking through, no matter what it is. It's something maybe holding you back to find, finding fulfillment, finding the joy, the life God has for you. And it's not a time to hold back. It's a time to say, I don't care what people say. I just need someone. You know, there's times I need people to pray. I have a pastor. And sometimes when I'm going through something or one of my kids frustrate me and I want to kill them, you know, my motto is I brought you in this world and take you out. And I needed someone. When I've walked through something or me and my wife don't agree with something, you know, all y'all agree with everything, married couples. Y'all pray for me, okay? That we have someone we can go to and say, hey, man, just pray. I need prayer. So this morning, I just want to pray with you. If you need the Lord, if you just need prayer over a physical thing that you have or, or something that you're walking through or wisdom in the decision, let me just say this. The people that are standing behind me are just real people. Miss Jean, when she first came to this church, she used to call me Father Bubba. I like that. Her husband went on to be with the Lord when after and almost being an invalid at the end. She's up here. You know what? The thing I love about it, she's up here to pray with somebody else. She's walking through pain. And you know how you know how God frees your pain? When you go and minister to someone else. And you look beyond your pain and you pray for people. There are people up here. When I met Denny and Sabrina, man, I, they were fighting all the time. They still fight every once in a while. But I remember just calling Denny out. Because no man had really ever just called him up and out. You know? Pastor Josh, his father abandoned him when he came to me. You know, abandoned their family. He was 18. He's like my son. Okay? See, people always go, oh, your oldest son, Josh. They, yeah, I don't even time. Yeah, you're right. You're him. And Lindsay, I've known Lindsay, his wife, since she was in junior high. And when she was a rebellious little thing to her mama. But now she's so sweet. I, I forgot those days, Lindsay. And Pastor Jacob, you never wore, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, between us. But I'm just saying, we're just real people that want to love people. And we're here to pray with you and to say that we got it all together. Can I, can I just tell you something? We're still working it through. Amen? Because see, when you go to some churches, you go, oh, they, they, they don't have no problem. They're perfect. Can I just tell you something? Listen, you don't need to go ask for rumors about me. Come and ask me. I'll give you more junk you want to know with. I'll give you stuff to, go, to walk through in your mind, okay? I mean, I've had things like my wife and I, she was married before. She had the first four oldest kids or from another marriage. I was always a single guy. And the, the two youngest children, Luke and Libby, are mine and hers together. Let me tell you, we made them all together, and it was good. Anyway. I mean, I just some of the silliest, stupidest. It's not even pertaining to the kingdom of God. Not even talking about lives being changed and touched and, and delivered. And that's what we're here for. God told me this. He said, you love the people that no one wants. And I'll give you all the people that everybody wants. If you love the people that no one wants. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
That's the kind of church we are. We don't care where you came from. I don't care if your hair is blue, you got tattoos, you, you, what your family came from, your history. I just know this. When I look at the Bible and the scriptures and I, I read what God can do and I see what he's done in my life and some of my friends, you know, I, I, I'm standing here as a dad that's hurting for my, my, my fourth son that's going through a, a program right now to be delivered from drugs. And by the way, he's doing great. Thank y'all for praying for him. You know, I, I just say this. My children, they got, they, let me just, they had good home training. But it's, every one of us make a choice. And so you have a choice to make today. Well, I just keep living the way I am and being miserable. Or I just go find someone and say, well, just, I just need you to pray for me. So I'm just going to pray for you this morning and pray for the church. But if you need prayer, don't sit there. and sh- Listen, they come up here, they're taking a risk. Can you take a risk and get out and go, I want to pray. And that's the kind of church we want to be. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Am I making sense this morning? Are we in the right church? Let's pray. Father, as I pray, just get out of your seat. Come on. If you need any prayer, just come. Come on. Come get out. Don't be, don't let, don't let fear don't let worry, don't ex- let anxiety just come. Let people pray for you. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. Others, there's others out there. Don't leave here disappointed. Don't leave here discouraged. Don't leave here down. Let God. Come on. Come on. Come on. Father, I just thank you. And as I'm praying, you just come. Father, right now, I just thank you for every individual here this morning. I thank you, God, that you've come to minister and touch And Lord, I pray, Father, for your grace, for your power, for your ability to do what no one else can do. I pray that, God, that you would come and you would touch people this morning. Thank you, Jesus, that you demonstrated your love. Yet while we were doing our own thing, going our own way, you came and you died on that cross for us. That you were able to deliver us and set us free by your blood, by your victory over death, hell, and the grave. And I pray, Father, freedom in this house freedom in this house. I pray that, God, that you would raise up people here this morning and this week that will go on desire to make a difference, that we'll leave a legacy for not only our, the next generation, but the generation and the generation after that for the next people that are, that are administering authority in our city that you would raise up people from within this church God, to touch people's lives and have influence. I pray, God, for every individual here I pray blessings over their lives. Blessings over their lives. I pray, God, not only would you give them blessings, but you would, uh, God, give them increased influence in wherever they go, in their jobs, in their abilities. And I pray your hand on their lives. I pray your presence over their lives. Lord, I know that no one can ever argue and experience with you. I pray that we would be people of your presence and of prayer. And I pray, God, that you would bring protection over every mind and every heart. We love you in the mighty name of Jesus.